What I want us to think about tonight is celebrating the blood of Jesus. Now, someone says, well, now, wait a minute. The whole idea of the blood of Jesus is something we need to remember. Should we say celebrating the blood of Jesus? Well, I think if you'll think it through, absolutely we should celebrate the blood of Jesus because as we remember the blood of Jesus, and we're going to see it in the Bible in just a moment, and realize the significance of the blood of Jesus. See how God the Father had it all worked out and all planned out and how it worked out just like God the Father had planned. It is something indeed to celebrate. Now, if you have a bulletin, uh, you can take your bulletin and we're going to fill in some little blanks. If you don't have a little bulletin, uh, a bulletin, uh, you, can, you still can jot it down. The question would be, like, why should we celebrate the blood of Jesus. Think about that a moment. What is there about the blood of Jesus to celebrate? Well, th- there's several things, and I mentioned two or three of them very, very quickly. First of all, we should celebrate the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus satisfies God. Now, I'll be more specific about that in just a moment. Now, if you have a Bible, I wish you'd open the book of Romans in chapter number three. If you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay. Look in the pew rack in front of you. There should be a Bible. And feel free to take that and use it now as we journey along. I want us to see several scriptures tonight that I think will make the blood of Jesus uh, take on a new uh, picture for you in your mind and in your heart and in your enthusiasm. In Romans chapter number three, in verse number 23, we remember so often we hear it said, for all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. And then verse 24 saying, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. But now look in verse 25, whom God set forth as a propitiation. That's one of those big Bible words. By his blood, if you have your Bible, be sure and underline it. If you're using a pew Bible, go ahead and underline it. And whoever sees it next, maybe it will help them see it. It says, in whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Now, I wish you'd turn in your Bible over near the end of the little book of 1 John in chapter number two. Get in over near the book of Revelation, but go to 1 John chapter number two and look with me in verse number two. Here's what the Bible says. And he, talking about Jesus Christ, he himself is the propitiation. Here's that old big word again. For our sins, and not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, you're in 1 John, turn over in chapter number 4. And look with me down in verse number 10. And we encounter the same thing. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, In this is love, not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, you know, the Bible, as you read the Bible, there are some of these big Bible words like like justification, sanctification, glorification, propitiation. I mean, these are big old, if you're a child, those are big old long words. And as I see these big words in the Bible talking about God and the things God do, there would have to be some big words when you talk about a big God, when you talk about what God does. The word propitiation, in a nutshell, 
And I have no idea what translation you have, but it's talking about satisfaction. It, in other words, in Christ's blood, in God's sight, there is satisfaction for his anger and wrath of sin. God hates sin. John mentioned how God turned his back on Jesus as Jesus hung on the cross and took on the sins of the whole world because God will have no closeness to sin. But there's one thing that satisfies God's wrath and anger towards sin, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, as you think about it, from the very beginning in the Bible, as you journey through the Bible, you read about the blood. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned and realized their nakedness, you've read the chapter, you read the story. You remember what God did? He covered them with skins of animals. Now to do that, they had to be slain and they had to be bloodshed. And so even in the first part of the Bible, as you move on, when the children of God were in Egyptian bondage, you remember God told them to get the blood of an unblemished lamb and put over the doorpost. And that's how God would save his people and deliver his people. And then as you read in the Old Testament, it just continues. All these sacrifices have to do with the blood of Jesus, but they had to be continued. In fact, yearly, the sins of the people would all need to be forgiven again. There was just no end to it until Christ became our Passover lamb. And it is a beautiful thing. Now, here's what we need to understand about the blood of Jesus. Think with me just a moment. Jesus is God. If I have an amen to that, let's say amen. All right, he's God in the flesh. He left heaven. He came to earth, wrapped himself in human flesh and lived among us. And you know the story. Now, so Jesus is God. Now, that being true, then Jesus' blood was the blood of God. It was unblemished. It was unspotted. It was unstained. And that's what makes the blood of Jesus so very significant. Now, Jesus, yes, he was born of the Virgin Mary, but his father was God, the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So the bloodline passed from the father to the son. And this is the significance of Jesus' blood. It is a pure blood. It is an unblemished blood. And it is a glorious, wonderful thing. And it is the only thing that can satisfy God. And so that's one reason tonight on this Maundy Thursday that we celebrate the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, another reason we celebrate the blood of Jesus Christ is because Jesus' blood saves sinners. Now, if you have your Bible, I wish you'd go back in the book of Ephesians. I, it's really my, maybe my favorite verse about the blood of Jesus. It'd be a great memorized verse for you. In Ephesians chapter one and verse number seven, what the Bible says is, is in him, that is Christ, we have redemption, how? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. I love it. In him, we have redemption. How do we have it? We have it through his blood, not through the church. You know, there, there is the church that teaches, you know, that it is the church that imparts salvation to mankind. It's not through baptism. 
There are those who teach, you know, unless a person's baptized, they'll, they'll never go to heaven. Well, it's not any of that. It's not anything about you. It's not anything about me. It's not anything about religion. It's, it's in him. We have redemption through his blood. Now, if you turn over in the book of Hebrews in chapter number nine, let me get you to mark a couple of other verses. In Hebrews chapter number nine in verse 12, the Bible says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Look in verse 22. According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Now, turn with me in the book of Revelation. This, this might be my, if it's not my first favorite verse about the blood of Jesus, it's certainly on the list, very, very close. In Revelation chapter number one, in verse number five, it says, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, now watch this, and washed us. Now, different translations use different words. In the New King James, it says washed us. One, one, some translations use the word released us. Some of the newer translations, excellent translations, freed us. Now think about what this is saying. To him who loved us and released us, washed us, freed us from our sins. How did he do that? In his own blood. It is a glorious, wonderful thing. And then turn back in 2 Corinthians. And I know we're looking at some verses, but uh, it'll be good for us. Turn back in 2 Corinthians. Uh, you hear, I quote this verse so often in my preaching, but it is a powerful verse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now you think about that. Though Jesus himself healthy. Yes, but what did he do? He took our disease, sin, upon himself. That's what that verse is saying. And what happened to you and to me? Well, when he did that, we are more than pardoned. We're declared innocent. You know, there's a difference between being pardoned and declared innocent. If a person is pardoned, it doesn't mean they didn't commit the sin of the crime. It means that some authority has said, for whatever reason, They've, they've paid their price. Now we're going to pardon them even though they did that. Well, the blood of Jesus does it a different way. Now think, no matter what you've done in life, no matter what sin you wish you could undo, no matter what you wish you could change that you know you can't change, and how Satan can take that and dump all kinds of guilt on you, listen, it's by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> You're not pardoned. <laughs> You're declared innocent. And when we see God face to face, we won't see God worrying about, well, I don't know what God's going to say about this, that, or yonder. If you have put it under the blood of Jesus, when it's time for you to see God, you'll see God as innocent and as pure as you could ever wish or want. Why is that so? Not because of you. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know, we'll go to heaven not with healed hearts, we'll go to heaven with his heart. You know, any of us who've ever been about to be put to sleep for surgery, uh, I would think probably did kind of what I did. 
here about three weeks ago, uh, things take on a different dimension. And uh, I, I, I was, I, when, when they came to get me from where I was to take me to the surgery, uh, actually room, which seemed like a long roller ride to me. But as I was going down, I, as they was rolling me down the thing, my mind thought of this. I thought, you know, I, I'm going to be fine. But if not, I thought, Holy Spirit, if there's any sin that I've committed that I've not asked your forgiveness and put on the blood of Jesus, I'm asking you right now, God, reveal that to me so I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am pure and clean and ready to meet you. Now listen to me. That's something we ought to pray every day, not just on the way to surgery, because we never know, do we? In our church family this week, the deaths this week, some 56 years of that, 156, if I remember the age right, uh, I, I prayed with part of that family yesterday and have been unable to reach other part of that family, but will. And then other deaths this week, and I've prayed for others, even though I've not been able to do very much, but you know, maybe sometimes the best thing we can do for people is pray. But I want to encourage you, you know, every day we need to say to God, now God, you know, this whole deal, you know, life is a real thing. And, you know, one of these days we're going to run out of Easter's, and one of these days we're going to run out of life here. And I just want to be sure when I meet you there, that I have put every sin under the blood of Jesus. In a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to do that even tonight. Let me quickly mention, and this may be one of the most practical things, uh, we, we, the, the blood of Jesus not only satisfies God and saves sinners, but the blood of Jesus silences Satan. Look with me back in the book of Revelation. Uh, let's just uh, Revelation chapter number 12. Uh, it's, it's one of the great, great verses in the Bible. And we, we hear it often here in church. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says they overcame him. Overcame who? The devil. By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You see, every Christian is saved from eternal condemnation by the blood of Jesus. And that's what this verse is talking about. But now, listen carefully, in this life, here's what happens. In this life, Christians are often defeated by the schemes of the devil as he plants thoughts in our minds, tells us we can't ever do much for God because of something we've done, tells us we can't do this, tells us we can't do that all this fear and doom and gloom. And every one of us from time to time have thoughts go through our mind. It's, it's a scheme of the devil. Now listen carefully. The sad thing is many Christians live much of their Christian life being defeated by the schemes of the devil. And here is the verse that tells us how to deal with that. Look at it again. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You say, well, now how are Christians defeated by the schemes of the devil? Well, I'll tell you exactly how. They're saved, but they live their life, I'm going to say it this way, almost undercover, like a secret 
agent Christian. They never say anything about God, not much, if any. They never give God credit for anything he's done. They never take the word of God and speak it back to Satan as he comes with these schemes of uh, defeat and you can't do this, you can't do that. Now, here's what the blood does. The blood gives us the authority to take the word of God by our own testimony and have victory whatever happens in our life. In essence, in a nutshell, it silences Satan. I wish you'd remember that verse, Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11. See, the blood that saves us is the blood that sustains us. And this is the reason tonight that we celebrate the blood of Jesus Christ. So whatever you're going through tonight, first of all, I hope you're saved. Number two, I hope you're not a secret agent Christian. You know, people say, well, this whole thing about being a Christian, it's, it's real personal, real private. Well, it is personal, but it not need to be private. You know, if, you, if, if, if God's real in your life, it's just going to be obvious in a lot of different ways, some more verbally than others. But I want to encourage you, don't be a secret agent Christian. Don't be an undercover Christian. What you do is you remember that same blood that washed away your sins is that same blood that sustains you, whatever you go through in life. And this, to me, is what makes the Maundy Thursday service so very special because we celebrate the power to save us and the power to sustain us, whatever we encounter in all of life.